And will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A surgeon, a civil engineer, and a theoretical mathematician were chatting. The discussion rolled around to whose profession was the oldest. The surgeon said that since in the book of Genesis, God created Eve from one of Adam's ribs, then surely that involved surgery. The civil engineer countered by saying that before God created mankind, God created the heavens and the earth from chaos, so surely that was a feat of civil engineering. The theoretical mathematician just smiled and said, where do you think chaos comes from? <laughs> we often start the new year with a look at the words, the first words in the Bible, the first words in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. What a scene. The Reverend David Lewicki describes it this way. God set down in the midst of a formless darkness. God drew near the empty waste. God gazes into the water that could not bear life. And from this face-to-face -face encounter, a sensible world begins. God creates order out of chaos. What a beautiful beginning. A divine creator who stares down at nothing until there is something beautiful. Many scholars believe that this story in the beginning of Genesis 1 was written down during the exile of the Israelites in Babylon around 600 BC. What that tells us is that this is not the oldest story in the Bible. So it must be placed first for some other reason. Maybe this kind of beginning story is the kind that we need. A story that shows us God staring down into chaos and making beauty. Because when the world feels like chaos, and it sure does sometimes, when God seems to us to be nowhere, in that time when we are desperate for a new beginning, we have a God who reshapes the chaos into order, even into beauty. This is the time of year when we think a bit about New Year's resolutions, about new beginnings, about trying to get a bit more out of our own way. It's a time of assessing and envisioning with hope what could be. That's a blessing, and God is with us in that. But I hope that in this time of assessing and envisioning, you are still gentle with yourselves. January does not need to be a guilt spiral when instead it can be celebrated as a season when God reminds us that like all things, we are made new each and every day. In our reading from Revelation, God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, Alpha being the first letter of the Greek alphabet and Omega the last. Some read this to mean that all life begins in God and ends in God. But I also think 
it's a reminder from God that beginnings and endings are an important part of life, worked into the great design of the universe and intertwined with one another. Now, sometimes we think of endings as something to be avoided and feared, but they're a necessary part of growing. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, we hear of the Israelites who've become so accustomed to wandering in the wilderness that they are now avoiding entering the promised land. The author writes, and we took our journey into the wilderness by way of the Red Sea, and the Lord spoke unto me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spoke unto me, saying, You have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. Sometimes what we need is a little nudge, a little encouragement to bring us liberation from those things that keep us going around in circles. That's what this season can be about also. The Alpha and the Omega, the one who helps us to make order from chaos, is also the one who will prod us to stop circling the mountain and face our fears and strike off in a new direction. It is this God who holds us close in this turning of the year. <laughs>